Welcome into episode 51 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. We're sure to have some uh, some content on NightSportsNow.com coming up this week because Christian, you and I are covering a bowl game together. We are. I'm going to have some content up before the bowl game. Nice. Um, not tomorrow because I'm lazy, but on Wednesday, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I'm doing a little story on like how, like what's different about UCF's football program from the last time they played Florida to now. And it's they not answer, that much, right? They, it's not that much. I mean, other than like all literally every moment of success they've had and having a stadium yeah. and uh, like going through a lot of coaches in several conferences. Yeah, not, not much is, uh, not much has changed. So. I actually like messed up this intro because I was going to be like, ahoy there, mateys. I would and have then... left. I would have left this meeting. <laughs> I just. Can you believe that the unfortunate turn of events that the weather has caused with the Gasparilla Bowl beach invasion? I canceled? just I am so, 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 so I cannot believe I withstood like. At least thirty like um, pirate themed tweets from those freaking <laughs> accounts, like and stupid, like like it's not even like they're trying, like literally just out nowhere, like Jolly Roger and dumb crap, like I don't even know what the hell any of it means. And then like right, it just all to pump up this freaking beach invasion, like oh my god, for two weeks I've been hearing about the freaking beach invasion, a vast e ahoy arg, all this crap for a freaking beach invasion that's not even happening now. And you know what I also found? You know what a beach invasion is? They're just going to the beach. Yeah, that's no, what that's what it is. Invasion. Yeah, just it's like it a beach invasion. It's like a beach party for like the both teams and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's a normal thing to do activity. It's like when I went to see Spider Man, like you want to go invade the movie theater? Like yeah. we're freaking like we're Germany attacking <laughs> Poland. Like well, I just I'm so done. It's, with it's all accounts. with the theming, Christian. It's all with the theming. And also I hope like you don't think that just because the beach invasion got canceled, that this is suddenly meaning they're gonna stop tweeting like that. Cause I'm pretty sure the Gasper or the Gasparilla Bowl account will continue to be very very pirate themed and we'll talk like pirates constantly do you think their actual like game tweets like during the game are going to be dumb pirate stuff i don't know do, do bowl games usually tweet tweet during the games usually yeah like are they going to be okay. like if ucf throws a pick are they gonna be like ah mikey keen walks the plank and florida takes I over think, i don't think they'll go that far but <laughs> that's awful all right well that. we're gonna uh we're gonna preview this game a little bit and then we're gonna give our predictions our standard game predictions like we do with every game in case in case you're new i don't know i wonder if we picked up any listeners that didn't listen during the entire regular season our listens have actually been going up since um dylan gabriel left i don't know what the correlation is there but it's been well, notable at this i'm point. trying to i'm trying to come up with something on the fly but i don't i can't explain it either i'm assuming just some bull hype ucs play in florida maybe uh people yeah. want to hear a little more about that so uh maybe so well welcome new new listeners um this is how we do things on this podcast. We just sort of yeah. talk and it's random. Um, <laughs> it is a yeah, podcast. It is a podcast. So, um, so Christian, we talked about this when it first came, like the, the news first came out that this game was happening and basically the outside perception of like what a UCF win would mean or just the whole, the whole perception of the bowl game in general. Then we talked a little bit last week about how it changed a little bit. And so now here we are, we're game week. We've got, as we're recording this, we're basically three days away. How, how have we settled on the perception of this game in terms of like nationally what you've read and like what you've heard? Because it's, it's a little split from what I've seen. Well, Bailey, it's not good. Um, because <laughs> my entire, like my entire pitch for why this game was a good idea from the start, like from, you know, cause I feel like there were like two weeks of rumors about this game before it happened. And my whole thing was, there's nothing that UCF has nothing to lose because everyone expects Florida to blow out UCF. So if UCF does anything better than that, they've changed the narrative in their direction. The problem is no one expects UCF to get blown out. Like, and there are, there is still some of that. There's the typical noise from like, you know, the SEC sites who are like, Oh, Florida and would be undefeated in the AAC as would, you know, every other SEC team in any conference anywhere. I'm pretty sure the SEC is under the impression they're like better than the NFL. It's fascinating. But either way, that's not the narrative. Like I ever, like it's pretty split. And honestly, it's honestly been favoring UCF. I li- I've listened to a few different college football podcasts. They all think UCF's going to win the athletic. You listen, you listen to college football podcasts. I know. I only mention that like every <laughs> single week that I listen to ninety college football podcasts. The Athletic released like a poll of like it was twelve different writers, college football writers for the Athletic, and eight of them picked UCF to win. So I don't know anymore. Now I'm stressed out because I don't like. 
It's going to, and plus Florida's had a lot of opt-outs. Uh, Anthony Richardson, who's the better of their two, not very good quarterbacks, isn't going to play. Uh, Copeland, their leading wide receiver, he said he was going to play, but now it sounds like he's not going to. Um, yeah. Two They've or three of their top defensive out. players aren't going to play. Their so top now, pass rusher and their top uh, tackler are both not playing. So basically, and I recognize UCF's not at full strength or like even close. To, well, this is the closest they will have been in a long time, but it's just still such a bad look now such a bad look if they lose like because the problem is like florida fans feed the narrative and they genuinely believe it that they're like oh you know like our third string guys could start at ucf you know our third and fourth string our our scout team could start at ucf and if ucf goes and loses to like the leftovers of their team and they don't even have a coach like i'm that's still not true but you are feeding that narrative and that's worrying for a lot of reasons so yeah i'm way more stressed out than i was a week ago yeah i mean i've i've pretty stayed pretty evenly stressed out over the last few weeks. Um, I think just now that we're like here in game week, it's a little bit, a little bit heightened. And also I'm just a little bit like, I'm getting more and more excited, I guess is also the, just a little bit of a nervous energy going on. Um, But yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's funny to read some some different things because you can kind of tell from like what you're reading and hearing who actually knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. Because I've like, it's, bad. it's, fr- it's I've, frustrating. I read, I read something about like the odds or something today. And I don't even know like how legitimate this like site is, but it's, it's one of the betting sites. It's odds checker. And they were like writing about the game and basically like how, like what different things they could, you could bet or whatever. And oh, like a large portion of it was just about how bad UCS defense is. And I was like, have you like watched, have you watched a UCF game at any point in the second half of the season? One and two it was like talking about how like they, their biggest problem is stopping the run. And I don't feel okay. like... Okay, so I've read a few different previews. I'm up to three now, which all of them reference, yeah, Florida's plan will likely be to just control the clock and run the ball against UCF. And I'm like, I think Florida loses if they do that. I looked this up and I, w- I was actually kind of surprised by this. And I don't know if this is what these people are doing. I would like to think their their research goes a little bit deeper than just looking up like defensive rankings on the NCAA's website. But UCF's past defense ranking is actually better than its run defense ranking. I never would have guessed that in a million years. Me and neither. I don't mean I don't mean to be like a P5 homer because I'm not. Well, at least not yet. We'll see in 2023. <laughs> but I do think part of that is just UCF hasn't played many good quarterbacks this year. Right. And I'm sure that influences that. I, UCF's defense is a better run defense than pass defense. It just is. I know maybe the stats don't back that up if you've actually watched the game. Yeah, I mean, clear. I just... And if you just look at personnel, I trust the front seven a lot more than the secondary. The secondary's gotten way better. I will say that. The secondary's gotten They've way definitely better. Improved. I, They're still inconsistent. And yeah. I'm a lot less worried about that since Emory Jones is going to be the quarterback for the Gators. I've been, I have some Emory Jones stats. Can I get into those now? Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is going to, I, we talked about on past podcasts. I can't wait for when he transfers to UCF in a few weeks. Cause he's in the all of now. age. So terribly. And I, I have like three different podcasts on the record trashing. That's going to be great. I think that so that we have to say that, like reiterate that, but I think right after we went off the air, after we finished recording last week's podcast, he announced that he was entering the portal, but still playing this game. And it sounds like he is going to play in the bowl. I think yeah. for, like typically schools don't want guys who are entering the portal to play in the bowl, but in Florida's case, they don't have another quarterback. So I think they're yeah. just like, please. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Emory Jones, because everyone, because people are still kind of under the impression. I hear two things about Emory Jones when it comes to UCF. I hear, well, he's, this is going to be the weakest competition he's faced all year. No, but either way I hear that. So it's like, oh, he'll be really good. And the other one I hear is, well, he's a real rushing threat. You know, I mean, he's a threat with his legs and that's going to cause problems. So my first stat is Emory Jones has thrown more than two touchdowns in a game twice this year, just two times. And it was against Vanderbilt and Samford. So I don't, you know, I don't think he's. Two powerhouses. So he, he like feasted in both those games and put up ridiculous stats. You drop those two games and he's thrown nine touchdowns to 12 interceptions on the year. That's not great. And then I also hear that he's a huge rushing threat. You know, that's the other thing is like, well, and, and UCF historically has struggled with that. Not as much this year, honestly, especially in the second half of the season. They, I mean, they contain Ritter, you know, I, I, I don't know who else that they played that's been super mobile, but Temple's, half of the season, no. Temple's quarterback wasn't good, but he tried to be mobile and it just blew oh. up in their face. Um, um. Shoot, I forgot the USS quarterback's name already. He was he was mobile and he oh, yeah. plays, but what is his? Why can't I remember his name? I can't think of his name. It's like it's it's uh there's a Mick in there. It's like Mick. Uh, wow. Oh, oh my god, uh, this is so embarrassing. I I don't remember what his name was. Well, anyway, oh Timmy McLean. There you go, McLean. But, I had well, the Mick okay, part, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> um, Emory Jones hasn't had more than fifty rushing yards against an FBS opponent since early October. A lot has happened since then. So I don't understand where that comes from. I don't understand where that notion I think, comes from. That he's going to carve them up with his legs. 
I think it could legitimately be another thing where it's just box score scouting, which I'm, I do it sometimes. I'm like, not going to lie that I just like kind of look at stats to just see what's going on. I think he has almost 700 rushing yards, but no, when you look at the whole season, yeah, he looks like a really good dual threat quarterback. But when you look at the actual game log, it's, it's all early season. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of, I looked this up because this still surprises me and I just wanted to double check myself. UCS run defense is 71st in the country 71st geez. 71st and i and then their pass defense is 41st which i wonder is, how much running defense uh increase cincinnati drop cincinnati yeah yeah that's what i'm curious about because cincinnati ran all over them so can i get the emory jones rushing yards real quick since we're talking about yeah it? and how by, he got by, to you mean by week yeah how he got to 700 yeah. so early in the season he had 74 against uh fau he had 81 against usf 76 against Bam, which is pretty impressive. He had, is this right? He had 144 rushing yards against Tennessee. Wow. That's kind of nuts. 63 against Kentucky, 40 against Vanderbilt, 16 against LSU, 22 against Georgia, 26 against South Carolina. Then he went and had 86 against an FCS team. That's nice. Then 45 against Missouri, 23 against Florida State. The whole second half of the season, minus the FCS game, he hasn't used his legs. It's been a complete Did, He was. Has he been battling an injury like a little bit? I don't know, That's but different points. Cause I, I have, think, I, don't I know. think that would explain it. I think. And, and for one, but I feel like he has been, but I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't think it's still persisting or anything, but that could explain why that's been the case. Yeah. But, but I just, so, you know, like I said, I think that's one. I just wanted to reference that. Cause that does feel like one of those like box score misleadings where you look at, Oh wow. He has 700 rushing yards. Then you break it down. It's like, wow, he had almost all of that in the first half of the season. <laughs> So yeah. I don't know. I'm just not worried. And this is going to just come back to bite me so hard. This is bad. First off, I feel like I should throw out a huge caveat, like a lifeline to myself for three weeks from now. I think Emory Jones in a Malzahn offense would be way better than how he was. Using. Yeah, I really do. I still don't think he can throw the ball, but you know, that's fine. Some guys just can't. Um, they usually aren't quarterbacks, but you know. Um, so there, there's, there's my lifeline for when he ends up transferring to UCF. But anyway, the point of this is to say that I just, I'm not afraid of him as a quarterback. Like, I know that when you think of playing like Florida or a big power five team, it's like, oh, they're going to have these elite players that can just carve you up. I don't think Florida has that this year. He makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, UCF just it. needs to take advantage of a couple. He win. did it against FSU. I think did he throw four picks in that game. I don't know for sure. I, it was some, I saw the stats if I can check, but it was, some, but it was something crazy like he that. Was, he, he threw three picks. Three picks. He really, he very nearly like, I mean, FSU is still in the game late. Like he, he's the reason why I would say, cause he's the defense would get him the ball back. I remember there was a sequence where I think it was Milton actually threw a pick when he had to come in at one point, Milton threw a pick and then Emory Jones threw the ball right back. He threw it right back. And the, the honestly, play. Florida state, because I think it was Emory Jones started most of the first half and then they switched to Richardson because he was still healthy at that point. And they were well on their way to losing that game with Jones. And it was Richardson who gave them a spark. You look at Emory Jones. He's had 19 passing touchdowns this year. I said this stat earlier, a different way. 10 of them came against Sanford and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I, it's like I just I don't you you have a guy and it's not even like his stats that great. His total stats are still 19 touchdowns and 13 picks. He's just not a good passer. And UCF has been pretty decent this year at at forcing turnovers. And I feel like you can do that in a couple different ways with him. So him yeah. being the, I, let, let me put it this way: I would be a billion times less confident in this game if it was Anthony Richardson. Like a, a huge difference in my mind of what can happen. Yeah, and I think I would agree. I mean, it's it's. I've wanted to like avoid. I, I just saw. I, I even today didn't really know which way I wanted to go with my game prediction and all my all my predictions and everything and my score prediction because I still it's just such it's such an unknown. Like I could see this game going in so many different ways, and that's why it's hard to like when I'm actually forced to make a prediction. I'm like, I don't know what I believe. I don't know what I think. I literally still haven't <laughs> made my score prediction. Oh, I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna do it. Have you picked list. who's winning? Yes. Because I, I didn't even know, do that until today, and I'm still I, know. I still don't even believe in it. Okay, so the other thing we should touch on while we're previewing, as you're listening to this podcast previewing a game, is that nothing like nothing we're going to say is going to end up happening, and that's not even like a UCF Florida thing. It's just that is every single bowl season. Like you cannot yeah. predict bowl games. Bowl games are freaking wild. I mean, already we're like not we're like well, not even ten bowls in, and there have been like all these crazy yeah. results. UAB beat BYU. I don't think anyone on God's green earth saw that coming. I just you just never know with bowl games. You know, I mean, you never know the motivation factor that teams often playing with different lineups and players who haven't gotten a lot of playing time. It's just, there's so many coaches being gone fired or yeah, left for other jobs, like all playing that in neutral side environments, which people don't realize how much home and road 
environments impact a game. I mean, it's so it's there's a lot of factors that make bowl games really hard to predict. I have a question. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Go for I it. I have a question. Why? So the bowl game that, that was played today, this is completely off topic. The bowl game that was played today on Monday. Tulsa Old Coastal, Dominion. At Coastal Carolina Stadium. Why did they not like change the field at all? Because it's turf. Because it's turf. Is that a thing that's like always happens? I just can't remember a bowl game where like, and maybe there's just not because not many schools host bowl games, but it was just very weird to watch that. Where do it was you like think Coastal part of Carolina it was, um, do you think middle. Coastal Carolina was like, if we're going to host this, we're going to get some advertising out of it? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, because it makes sense. I was figuring like, it looked like turf, but I was like, it just looks, it looks weird. Something looks way off about this. And that would explain why, obviously, but it's just like watching the, watching the game happen. I'm like, there's the Coastal Carolina logo. There's the conference logo. I'm like, what, what is going on? And, there was a Myrtle Beach Bowl logo on the field as well. So, yeah, but it was very small <laughs> and kind of blended yeah. in. But uh, yeah. I was, I thought it was a good bowl game. The score wasn't particularly close, but I did enjoy it. Um, there was a great sequence where Tulsa faked a punt on a fourth and 16. And I don't think it was like a planned fake. It literally looked like the punter just went rogue because he he gets the ball. I showed the play to my dad. My dad said the exact same thing. He's like, I think he just went into business for himself. Like, I think he did because he kind of like hesitates for a second. And then he never even starts running. He just sort of jogs for like four or five yards like he's not sure what he's going to do. And then he gets hammered at the line of scrimmage. You see that sometimes when like teams aren't rushing, you'll see the punter like wait a little bit till his coverage team gets down there and then he'll let it go. And it kind of for a second looked like he was like, all right, he's going to hold on to it. And then he just like started slowly drifting to the right like he was going to. And then he just took off and it was miserable. Well, what's weird is like lots of teams have like looks where it's like if you get a certain look like you can you can, you know, the you know, the snapper can fake the play. But they typically then snap it to a different player. They don't still snap it to the punter and the punter. And they typically don't do that on fourth and 16. While you're up like two scores. (laughs) And then and then the cherry on top was that happens then. um. I was about to say coastal, but it's not coastal. Then Old Dominion gets That's the ball. That's why so confusing to yeah. me. I was like, gets wait, the ball in like great in field position, and they they have an easy touchdown. He's running in. He gets hit and fumbles the ball out the side of the end zone for a touchback. So it goes right back to the Tulsa ball. I love both season so much. The old uh, the old UCF Houston finish. Oh yeah, which uh, Houston yeah. fans to this day still think was like a horrible <laughs> call, even though that's the rule and that's how it's it literally Sorry, the rule. That's, that's football. Anyways, this was our. Um, this was our Old Dominion Tulsa recap in the middle of our UCF Florida preview. This is why people listen to our podcast, I think. It's for the dumb stuff like this. Yeah, it is. So. They're not actually here for our like UCF opinions because, you know, we're no. right. Um, they don't, yeah, they don't agree with us either. Did you get your predictions record for the season? Yeah, I was afraid you were going to ask that. Well, well, I don't know if we're doing predictions right now, but what was your record? Six and 30. Six and 30. Jeez. Yeah. Man. That's really bad. It's nice and round, though, at 30s. It's round. <laughs> I'd like to go 9 and 30. That'd be cool. I'm hoping next year, like, if we don't see our records improve next year, that'll be not great. No, the I don't thing think that I've, like, as, like, gotten from, like, doing this podcast for the last year is, like, realizing, like, how fun football is because you just never know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. It's a fun sport. I am 12 and 22, which That's is actually, also bad, but it's, like, respectably bad, I feel like. It looks a lot better than mine. Probably. Yeah. So... So do we want to do predictions? Do we have, get, we have some more. I don't, I mean, okay. So I have one more point to make. Um, I know who's going to win the game and I, I've decided that I, I should just use the strategy that like the recruiting folks used. So I looked at the two, I went to the two, four, seven sports talent composite this is a, to this figure is a job, out who's right? going to win this game. And uh, no, hear me out. This is the way it works. Cause it, it there's such a talent discrepancy. Florida is seventh in the talent composite this year. So just one rank higher than wins they have. That's pretty crazy. Um, and UCF is 42nd. So when you look at when, when you look at it on paper, which is what you want to look at, uh, Florida Perfect. is, is uh, that, Florida is just so much better than UCF. So yeah, I think that's your score prediction too. Then 42 to 7. 42 to 7. So just out of curiosity, no, because this, I, I think I ran about this on a previous podcast. Like people are literally like I've seen like especially at the athletic that uh what's the guy's name recruiting like Ari Wasserman. All right, yeah, great guy on podcasts. I I don't listen. I don't agree with anything he says, but I love listening to his podcast. But um, no, he's a really entertaining guy. But yeah, they uh, he talks about the talent composite nonstop. Like that's how we're gonna decide who wins the games. And I just the fact that Florida is seventh is hilarious. Freaking that hilarious. like that just show, that shows you right there. Like you cannot put any stock in them. Just for, for fun, seventh. I looked up the 2017 talent composite, and Auburn yeah. was eighth, and UCF was 55th. So yeah, it just makes no because no, no. It's almost like a recruiting website doesn't dictate who wins games. 
It's crazy. <laughs> who would have thought? Not me. I mean, I, I just no assumed way. that, you know, these dudes all over the country who just see who Nick Saban offers and then assign stars based on that. I thought, I thought they know who wins all the games. It's shocking that that's not the way that works. It's really it's, astounding. It's typically not how it works, but yeah, who would have thought? we'll continue to go with that anyway. Who would have thought? All right, let's do predictions. But now let's keep in it. mind, if you want to change any, now that you know the talent composite, I can give you a few <laughs> seconds to do that. Otherwise, we can just do it. Okay. Am I going first or are you? You go first. What? You cut you out for first. a second. Okay, go I'll first. go first. All right. Well, my first one is that the, this game will not the, – the over will not hit. And I've seen the over set at either 55.5 or 57. And either way, I don't think it's going to hit. I don't know why. I've been, I've been reading, like, all these previews and stuff, and people are like, oh, there's going to be a ton of points in this game. And, like, you know, UCF's defense is bad, and, like, Florida's going to score some points. And it's just a bunch of, like – I'm just like, what? Like, I saw one score prediction was 37 to 30. And I was yeah, like, I, saw that too. I don't know. I think it was the ESPN one. And I was like, I don't, I just don't see that many points being scored. And I don't really know don't, how you watch either of these teams down the stretch. and think this is going to be a high scoring game. I, I don't know. And here's the, here's the thing is I, I said it earlier that I think this, this could go so many different ways, but like, even if Florida blows out UCF, I, I still don't think that the over is going to hit. Cause I think it'll be like, I don't think they'll score more than let's go like 30 something UCF. If they get blown out, probably won't score very many points. I'm going to give a dark, like I'm going to give a 10. dark prediction off of that. Yeah. Like I think if UCF gets blown out, it's going to be a bad blowout. Like it's going to be like 38 to seven or something. Yeah. It was like 38, seven, 31 to 10. Like that's, I don't know how, like where they got 55 and a half. Let me hit you with my first prediction was just these two offenses. Low, my first prediction was just, this will be a low scoring game. Oh, so, well, fair enough. We're matched up on that. Okay. We started matching up on our predictions, like toward the end of the season. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I'm not liking it because I've been like going the way of yours where it's like oh, I've actually been doing week. better lately. I've gotten yeah. I think the one week I went two and one and then last for the USF game, I went one and two. So I've got at least a little bit of a streak here. It's great, getting man. one getting at least one. Right. It's great. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for me. Yeah, that's great. I'm happy for me. Here's should we do off season predictions? Like, should no. we just like I don't even know on what? Like, we'll just start yeah. like predicting the basketball, like baseball. We'll just go all in <laughs> on that stuff. I mean, no one will listen, apparently. Yeah, um, seriously. <laughs> But all right, my second one. This is this is where I just got dumb because I like to do dumb predictions. Uh, UCF. I, I said one of UCF's background contributors will score a touchdown. So like, what's someone does that you mean? Don't really. This here's. I, let me explain. It's not like so. I've got players that don't count for that, which is Mikey Keene, Brandon Johnson, Isaiah Bowser, Johnny Richardson, Ryan O'Keefe, Jalen Robinson, who apparently probably isn't even going to play. And so that basically means like I've got Gatewood, I've got Navarro. No, 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 no. You do not get Gatewood or Navarro. Why? You do not. Navarro has scored in three straight games. Okay, but they're not they're not like the main contributors. How is he not a background? He's still he scored in three straight games. You cannot know. That does not count. I think it does. It does not. And you've also left out other guys that have been scoring a lot, like Alec Holler. Has he scored a lot? He scored like two touchdowns, three touchdowns. That's a lot compared to most of the roster. He's not, he's not a key. He's like the main contributor. I, you cannot claim that off of Parker Navarro or Joey Gatewood. Both those guys have scored touchdowns in multiple games this year. I think no, 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 no. Okay, fine. Don't give me Navarro, but I still get Gatewood. Okay. Cause yes, he scored in multiple fine. games, but they've been like scattered throughout like the most random things ever. Fine. Whatever. But, there, yeah. There's no way we can quantify that because it's going to be like, like Jalen Robinson is going to, is going to score a touchdown. You're going to be like, well, we didn't expect him to play. So he's kind of a back. No, no, no. No, so I've got like like some like Titus, some like Amari Johnson, just like I just based this prediction off of like bowl games are so unpredictable and you just like random things happen in bowl games. Nate Evans almost scored a touchdown when they last time UCF played in the Gasparilla Bowl. That would have counted. So, that so what I'm saying. Like, That's I just think, I think okay, but no, let's even Nate Evans wouldn't have counted. He would not. Why? He's not a background player. In terms of offense, he doesn't. It's yeah, I mean, still it's, not it's, a background. No, this is no. This you're. This is an zero and one, no matter what, because I don't see how you can justify Wrong. anyone for this prediction, unless Wrong. it is someone like some end of the bench guy scores a touchdown. So, what? So you're saying if like Titus scored a touchdown, that wouldn't count because he has one touchdown. This Titus season? would count. Titus would count. Okay, Titus scored a touchdown. All right, well, we'll um, just see who scores touchdowns. Mar does not count. You didn't have him on your list either. You're not counting Mar. All right. We'll play that one by ear. It's not going to matter. I still, UCF's I still feel not, good about it. Just because of this debate, UCF's not going to score a single touchdown. So it, it, you that know. that what you just said hits me very hard right now because I just last night sat through the Bucks getting shut out at home, 
And if UCF gets shut out in this game or doesn't score a touchdown in this game, I may never return to that stadium again. You know, you're another quick segue. Your tweets usually get a little spicy when the Bucks aren't playing well, but yeah. you were just like, you seemed lost as a human being on Twitter last night. I essentially I mean, was. I was very, very tired. My head was killing me and I wanted to go home. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't. So I was, well, that's great. I was stuck um, in a box. I was literally stuck in a box, just sweeten my feelings and opinions and thoughts. You're going to have a much better uh, time in that box in a few days because UCF's going to do much better. All right. My second. And even if they don't, we'll be there together. <laughs> and I'll have some, I'll have someone to just like say, we'll be, we'll be there to. together and get yelled at as we scream at each other over what counts as a background player <laughs> after Parker Navarro runs in a touchdown. <laughs> um, Andrew my- Brito is going to score a touchdown. <laughs> If Andrew Rito scores a touchdown, you get, I'll give you like, you get to be three and <laughs> automatically for this week. Like I don't even nice. care. Okay. Now I'll that I said it. that, I feel like, it, I feel like if the game's not close, Andrew Brito's totally going to play. Now, who is the backup quarterback? Is it, is it like Navarro, I guess? Yeah. I would assume it's Navarro. Cause he's, I mean, Quadri's he, gone, right? Well, I mean, Quadri, I guess that wasn't even the backup at any point, but I mean, he hadn't been dressing. For yeah. The, so, so I don't think so. And he also like said goodbye to everyone after the last game. You That's all, true. you all be missed. You all be missed. Um, I love that we're like three straight podcasts now. We've referenced Quadri saying you all be missed. I, I will never. I will laugh at that forever. It was just so funny, just the way he worded that. Um, you all will be missed. You all I don't know. Missed. My second prediction is that Isaiah Bowser will have 100 plus rushing yards in this game. Ooh. I think the team is going to. Gus gave every indication that he's healthy, perhaps the healthiest okay. he's been, and I think UCF is going to lean on him big time, and I think they should. He's the type of guy so. where he he can just like fall for four yards if he has to. I mean, he was. <laughs> The few, the very few games he was healthy this year, he's been dynamic. So I'm excited to see him more back to that after having a really rough sort of injury. Yeah. season. I wanted to make a prediction based around him. And I do think he's going to play just based on the answers Gus has given, but I just still didn't feel comfortable for some reason, just because it's like, did you watch his presser today? I, I mean, he may I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched it today. today. Oh, the one he? interesting thing from today is that Gus very much made it sound like Jalen Robinson is not going to play. Which, yeah, wait, I, I don't know why is you just, leaving i don't know i i we've talked about how jalen robinson's been a little unnecessarily dramatic on social media the last couple weeks i don't really know ladies and gentlemen it seemed like a pretty routine question too i don't even remember who asked it just like oh and what's jalen's status for the ball because jalen's played in the last couple games and gus was just like yeah uh yeah we'll just see how that goes and i'm like never a a promising answer so i'd I'd guess that jalen's not playing i'd guess that jalen's probably not going to play another ucf game again if i had to guess now but yeah, that's yeah. I, I. I mean, literally, if Isaiah Bowser is healthy, it makes perfect sense to lean on him. I mean, yeah, I mean they have to. And plus, he's trying to play his way into the draft. I mean, I know he didn't walk on Senior Day, so people are kind of assuming he's coming back next year. We all know the dude would love to get drafted. And of course, having a good, solid performance against an SEC team would be a nice way to once you're healthy again would be a nice way to convince some NFL teams that you might be worth a flyer on a middle to late round pick. You know? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, my final prediction kind of goes along the same lines, like same theme as my second prediction is just like random, not random, but like younger guys stepping up in a bowl game. And I've got um, an, an underclassman on the defense will create a turnover for UCF. So freshman or sophomore. Okay. So who do you have that can reasonably do that? Brandon Adams. I, I had a list earlier, but I lost it. I just didn't want to do the same one where Brandon Adams gets his first career interception. I want to make it a little more broad. Every week we do but, this and you say your prediction record. And I'm like, how is his record that bad? Then we start doing the predictions. And I'm like, that's how, because he does stuff like this. You just make it so hard on yourself. For no I have fun with my predictions. We have fun here. That's what we do. It's a super fun podcast. Can't you tell? <laughs> All right. If you give your third, I'll, I'll start to like find Figure who, I, this who out. I have, who I have on this. All right. Quadric Bullard's a sophomore. Is Quadri Bullard only a sophomore? He is a sophomore. Wow. Yeah. That early into a career and already like seriously injuring your coach is pretty impressive when you like think <laughs> about it. Um, my final prediction is that Florida fans will be unbearable on social media regardless of the outcome of the game. That doesn't seem fair whatsoever. I just want to talk about this. We don't have to count. We don't have to count it. Okay, I, was gonna say that I just want to talk about this because I was thinking about it because I was like, oh, like, because it, it, it is totally a social media lose lose because. If you this see is what loses. I was talking about from the beginning and you were like, oh, who cares I don't, Florida fans? Think? But I, do, I don't care. It's just going to be funny. Like, I do not care. Like, it's just I care about the national narrative. I don't me. care what Florida fans are going to do. But Florida fans are going to be, like, peak obnoxious about a game they supposedly don't care about if they beat UCF. And yeah. if UCF wins, they're going to be peak obnoxious about how the win didn't, or didn't count because they didn't have their coach or whatever. So 
I think that social media is just going to be like, regardless, like anything can happen in the game, literally anything. And social media is going to be a nightmarish mess that entire night and probably for like a couple weeks after. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking forward to it one way or the other. I mean, it would be a lot more, like a lot easier to bear if UCF wins. Cause then it's just like, oh, your stupid excuses. Like, haha, you're hilarious. But if, yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward UCF, to it if it goes a certain way. Yeah, I mean, if, if UCF, UCF loses, loses, then it's just like, I can't, I don't know if I can be on Twitter. And like, it kind of helps in a way that the next day for is Christmas Eve. And it's like, all right, I'll just stay off Twitter most of the day and I'll just enjoy myself for the holiday. And then maybe by the time I get back on Twitter, there won't be as much UCF Florida talk. Sure. But we'll see. So another thing about Florida fans too is because Florida fans are very much, and the school to an extent, are going for the stance of we don't care about this game. This game means nothing to us, blah, blah, blah. And I honestly like, and that will be the public line if they lose. I think if they lose, it's going to be a big deal to Florida fans. They're never going to admit that publicly, but I think you're going to be able to like go in the message boards and just see raw panic about the future of that program. And that's going to be fun. So get your subscriptions ready for whatever Gator (laughs) message boards there are out there. I'm sure the 247 one will be a lot of fun and or horrible if UCF loses. Yeah. So man, I'm stressed. I'm just, I really want you to win this game. Yeah. On the bright side though, at least it's like, you know, if there was, if let's say they never scheduled the series, this would be much higher stakes because you have no idea if you're ever going to meet again. At least we know that whatever happens, the other team can get back at them in three years, two years, really. So it's not nearly as like, you know, this sticks forever. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think, and I think too, yeah, it, it would be much more like not knowing when you're gonna play. Like if UCF lost again, it'd be like, oh, like that was the matchup, that was your chance, and then they wouldn't, they wouldn't have. It. But at least this time around, like it's the, the the super fun thing is if UCF wins, like Florida fans can talk about how much they didn't care all they want, but like until that 2024 matchup, <laughs> UCF fans can just have all their fun that they want with Florida fans because the last time we met, UCF won. And as I talked about on previous podcasts, it, it, it no, like nothing, it's a bowl game. Nothing's going to seismically shift for either program, but it is going to change how UCF can recruit. And I'm, and like, I don't want to give the impression that it's like, oh, suddenly guys who are Florida locks are going to flip to UCF. That's not at all what I mean. I just mean for guys anywhere around the state and around the country that UCF's recruiting, it's just a great talking point. It's a great entry point to look what we already did in our foundational yeah. first year where we were riddled with injuries and had a hard time. We still won nine games and we beat Florida. We were the best team in the state. Come help us be even better. It's just, it's a great, it's just a great addition to recruiting pitches, you know? And it's just yeah. a great bragging rights thing. I mean, that, that's the thing that, I, that gets me that I don't like about, I know I'm just rambling now about college football <laughs> that much is like, it's like everything has to have a purpose, you know? Like we can never just be like, I'm happy about this game because I don't like Florida and UCF beat them. Like it always has to be, well, how will this affect this? Or how will this affect that? I was listening to a very old episode of, well, I was listening to when I came out a long time ago of College Football Inquirer which is like the Yahoo show. It's like Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, Dan Wetzel, that crew. And they said something that it's so true I'd never thought about because it was an old one about when, um, te- it was when Texas and Oklahoma first were like, hey, we think we're going to destroy college football and go to the SEC. And they were talking about how like Ole Miss and Mississippi State and like Missouri fans are on Twitter like, we're fine with this because we'll, we're going to get so much more money. Like we're going to make so much more money than anyone else not in the SEC. And they on the podcast and they were right there like, how did, how did schools brainwash fans into thinking that the most important thing is how much money the employees of that school are going to get? Like, why is that something you care about? Shouldn't you want to win games? Shouldn't your main thing be like, I want to win a lot of games? Like why, like college football is the only sport where we legitimately are like, we, most fan bases are like, oh yeah, we, 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 we win less than we used to, but that's great because the school gets more money. Like, why is yeah. that a thing? Why, why do you care about that at all? It's so strange to me. And it's so true. Everyone does it. We're going to do in the big 12. If UCF goes to the big 12 and they're like seven and five, the first year you're going to be like, ah, but we made three times as much money as we did in the AC. So what? Like, I just, it's such a weird thing for fans to care. It's about. really, I mean, college football is inherently weird. It really is. So such an odd sport. Did you see weird. the Belk bowl, the Mayo thing? I did. I, so, well, I wish I, I, I should say it on the, you, yeah. It, so it's who are, it's UNC in South Carolina, right? Did I make that is up? It? I don't know. I think it is. But anyway, both coaches agreed that the winning coach will get mayo dumped on them instead of Gatorade. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever Which I like mayo. but It I is UNC in South Carolina. It's a fun matchup. All right. So while you were like rambling a little bit, I did look look at Okay, some I was of the trying players. to buy you time because I saw you. Oh, you bought me like so. more than enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and I'm only going to run through some of the names, but I have <laughs> most of the secondary, really. Um, so Devonte Brown is one, Justin Hodges, Corey Thornton are all in, in play. Keenan Hester on the defensive line. 
Um, I constantly forget that this guy is a sophomore, Josh Seliscar. Um, Josh so I have Seliscar is a sophomore. Yeah, is he a redshirt sophomore? I don't remember. I know, I know, I do remember that. I don't know if he is because I remember he like had that stretch during 2020 when like he was the one part of the defense, like the only guy on the defense that would ever make a play, really. And I was Man, like, I love when guy? guys come in and day one are like that good. I just, well, I think was like be some guys in this class, but that man. was like Traymond Morris Brash uh, back in 2019, wasn't it? Like, he yeah, didn't play a ton, I don't think, but but he was I a force right away. Make, he would make plays. Yeah, there's uh, that's why I'm excited for this coming recruiting class because I feel like there's a lot of guys in this class who we are going to see right away, and I, I don't think they're going to be stars right away, but like are going to be big time contributors. Like I think the Hendersons yeah. wins. I think the Kymers. I'm just oh, can't wait for next year. I'm very excited about anyway, it. Anyway, yeah, well, you're, now that you've said that, that prediction makes a lot more sense. Like, you know, you have a lot of options yeah, there, so that's not a bad one. I do. feel good about that one. Don't feel so good about the second one anymore. But we'll play that one by ear. I feel like – because, well, it's okay. So that that's well, – the fair thing here is that one we may just end up throwing away, but we're throwing away your Florida fans one. So we basically anyway, each have two predictions for this so one. Pretty much, yeah. We're going to have Unless, to talk about yours because you might get it, but like I'm yeah. just, there are certain that's guys that I know well, you're going to try to declare background. No, 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 no. I'll be fair about it. I'll be fair about it. You didn't think Parker Navarro counted or you thought Parker Navarro should count? Yeah, I do. I still think he should, but I, I'll give you that. He won't count. Okay. But yeah, I still think Gatewood should because he doesn't, it's not like he scores that often. I just, they're going to do some like trick play where Ryan O'Keefe throws a pass to Mikey and you're like, it counts because Mikey never catches touchdowns. Mikey's not a receiver. He's so. a background player at receiver. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. No, All right. we're not. Score doing predictions. It. Score predictions. Uh, I guess, I should I guess I've been going. Oh, you haven't made yours yet. I guess I'm going first then. Okay. <sighs> so, like, throughout the year, I've sometimes I've felt confident in my score prediction. Sometimes I've really just like decided last second. I decided today that I was going this way and I still feel very, very bad about it. And I don't really, it's like the least confident score prediction I've had in a little while, but I've got UCF winning the game okay. 24 to 24 to 20. Okay. And i like, think that's going to blow up in my face. I really do. Part of me thinks that like Florida's going to score like 35 points. And like, you thought they were only going to score 20 points and like, I don't know. I just I don't see UCF scoring a ton, but I think UCF's defense can will them to a win. And I think UCF's offense can score enough. So I made mine while you were talking and I went a similar way. And okay. the way I just I basically have looked at this is like I don't see UCF scoring a lot of points. And yeah. I don't want to predict UCF losing. So therefore I have to predict that Florida's not going to score a lot of points. <laughs> so I'm going with UCF. UCF's going to win 27 to 21. Um, I almost went with that. Yeah, I was right around yeah. like that little range. Cause I was like, but then I was like, 27 feels like a lot of points, even though it's not. And I want to be clear yeah, the 27 to 21 isn't like, isn't like a touchdown and some field goals. That's four touchdowns for UCF and Obarski inexplicably misses the DAT on one of them. I want to be clear about that. Obarski, the number two yards per carry guy on UCF. What a stat. Have you thought about that with Colton Buber coming in? This is almost certainly the last game we're ever going to see Obarski on the field for UCF. Certainly have thought about it. <laughs> I really, I really have. Man, I wonder if he'll uh, Drake transfer. Either. I don't really know how the portal works for kickers, if that's a thing that you can go get somewhere really, else. But I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, we had some great memories from Obarski. Not all of them were good memories, but they were certainly memories. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I like I said, I genuinely think UCF can win this game. I yeah. I feel like I, I, I'm at the point where I'm comfortable saying I feel like the most likely outcome is they win this game. I just also feel that we could be completely wrong and Florida could kill them. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I don't want to sound like the SEC guy, but I really genuinely do wonder how much Florida gives a crap about this game. I mean, they're, they don't have a coach. They're half a team. They had a horrible year. I, they might just like, I'm here's curious. what I'll say. It's, I'm sure when they get on the field, they're going to care, but I feel like if things go wrong for them early, they're going to check out. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, like there's probably some, like it, it just depends on how well they come together as a team without a coach, without some of their key guys. Like there's going to be some guys obviously that are going to be just like, your your typical guys that are like i'm gonna play hard no matter what anytime i have a chance yeah, play, every I'm team has hard. those guys yeah but then there's also gonna be those kind of guys that are like yeah you know what i'll go through the motions and you know kind of just save myself for next season so or i for think the transfer I, I, portal. i'm literally going with what i'm saying that I, I like i think if like on their first or second drive emory jones throws some stupid pick and ucf scores off it i think they're just gonna check out i like, watched I, I, or i watched I read a preview or something that I don't remember who said this or what it was, but they were like, we'll know within like the first two minutes, how, like what this game is going to be. 
I think that's I really like, accurate. I was I like, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, because I because I also think like if UCF comes out on their first offensive drive and they just get like flattened and like go like yeah. go like a quick three and out and then Florida comes down and scores, I feel like it's going to be the reverse effect where we're going to get shell shocked. It's going to amp Florida up, you know. So it, it's going to yeah. be the those uh those first couple uh drives for both sides are going to be critical. So hopefully UCF's got something good up their sleeves. I'm I'm weirdly not super worried about UCF's defense. And maybe I'm stupid for that, but I'm just not. Me really neither. But so yeah, I don't. I, I based most of my prediction around them having a really good game. So yeah, but if they're on the field nonstop, there's only so much they can do. So the offense is going to have to. It's do a very the best good point. they can here. So plus, this is really one last chance for Mikey to uh, show he's worth something before uh, uh, Tommy Castellanos comes in in uh, spring. Literally, so. like in two weeks. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe three. I don't know. It's like January eighth or something like that, right? Yes, yeah, so like two, three weeks. So. Which I still Crazy. think Mikey absolutely could be in the mix next year. I I know that a lot of the fan base is kind of arguably. I think he like not only could he be, he should be. Like, I if, think he should be too. Be, it would suck to just write him off completely. Yeah, and the thing fans aren't considering is that quarterbacks typically, especially quarterbacks that had a solid freshman year like he did, typically take a pretty good leap. They're not all Milton level leaps. Like I don't know, yeah. I still don't know what happened to Milton, but like, so it's not like they're going to come in because I feel like some people are are weighing this as like okay. Tommy Castellanos's high school highlights, which look awesome versus freshman Mikey Keene, who's been up and down. It's like, no, now Tommy's going to be the up and down player and Mikey's likely going to be much improved. So I still think Tommy's a much better fit for the offense. And that's probably going to give him a big boost and potentially make Gus start him, even if he's not the better player. But I don't think Mikey's even close to out of this. So we will see. And segue, UCF is trying to add a transfer quarterback as well to that mix. And uh, it's not going well. Let's talk about that. Anytime I hear the word segue, I just think of Paul Blart. Um, I so hate that, that movie, so I wish you hadn't put that thought in my head. <laughs> but okay. And I wish I hadn't said it. Um, well, you did. Yeah, so they Paul Blart. Portal. Wait, you mean Sean Payton? <laughs> That's a joke I don't know if anyone's going to get. But we'll No, I think that. if you don't get that, people, if you've been on the internet in the last week, you've, you've seen that Kevin James is playing Sean Payton in a movie about based i guess based loosely on the year that sean payton was suspended from the nfl for a, for having a bounty out on opposing players i just don't know how is like, that what he was suspended for yeah that was so that's like i, I, mean, don't, I don't follow know, the nfl the movie obviously not in the movie but like there was that that's the part of the reason i'm so like i mean the, the saints are in the bucks division but like i just can't stand the saints and i just think a lot of it goes back to just a coaching staff that literally had like would pay their players more to injure opposing players the new in the orleans offense. saints bounty scandal oh my god you didn't know about this no oh my gosh anyways what? so this tra- is insane <laughs> yeah it's not it's not a great thing that happened also i have to also say taylor lautner's in that movie and i haven't seen taylor lautner in a movie since i was like nine so i can't believe that dude's back but congrats to him on his big role um anyway yeah back to back to i ruined the segue completely by completely taking us off of it but anyway transfer transfer portal business is not going well it's going quite bad yeah so ucf missed out on uh two offensive line targets who would have been huge gets because of you know the departing offensive linemen that ucf is gonna see leave um and so then you took look at the quarterback situation and we talked last week michael Penix, who had visited ucf he ended up um, going to Washington and Bo Nix, who we talked about at length on last week's podcast and how great of a fit he would be for UCF. He's going to Oregon. So I don't know who's not to say I told you so, but I tried to warn UCF fans of that last week and I hope they did. Um, But anyway, they did. uh, They probably didn't. But anyway, the, the transfer portal is just, it's, 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 there's not a ton out there at quarterback anymore right now. I mean, all the big guys have committed and I, the point I've made on the podcast before I'm sticking with is I don't even think UCF needs to land some superstar quarterback. I really don't think they do. I think you could be fine with Tommy or Mikey next year, but you're seeing it with the O-line transfers, which UCF desperately needs. And one of those guys was considered like a lock for UCF and then inexplicably went to Texas Tech. Um, UCF can't get other transfers right now because the quarterback situation is so in flux. Like guys don't want to commit to a school that is going to try out either a true freshman or true sophomore. Either of those guys can want to be very good, but it's complete uncertainty. And transfers don't, when you're transferring from what you're, when you're transferring, you're typically in an uncertain situation and you don't want to transfer into another uncertain situation. So UCF had all these bold and big plans for how they were going to bring in like seven to 10 transfers. And it was going to be a huge part of the team. And I, I don't foresee them getting anyone big until they've landed some type of quarterback. And I don't know who that's going to be. 
yeah and it's just i think it further extenuates the point that like not that this is why you should have like convinced him to stay or anything but just that dylan gabriel leaving it's kind of a ripple effect from that i mean it's why it's why ucf's quarterback situation is the way that it is going into 2022 wow i almost said 2021 it's about to be 2022 that's crazy um but yeah i mean it just it's it has them in a tough position because like honestly i'm not worried at all about the future of like the the quarterback position what's like whatsoever it's just that like when you're going to come when you're going to come as an as a transfer you might only have one year left and you you're like i'm not going to go play like if you have options you're like i'm not going to go play at a year that they could be rebuilding like a year that they could be rebuilding or like just I don't know, developing a quarterback when like I need to go play where I can win now, be on a big stage and like have a lot of success so that I can go to the NFL. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher to do that when you're, you're working with a true freshman quarterback or an uncertainty at quarterback. It's not even so much the true freshman is just, you just don't know. Yeah. And I'm going to say a thought that UCF fans aren't going to like, and I'm sorry, but it's true. Well, I don't know if it's true. It's probably true. If we lived in an alternate universe where Dylan Gabriel didn't care about socks so much and it decided to stay at UCF, um, I don't know why I'm saying I take a lot of jabs at Dylan. Like it's whatever. Like I think NIL is great. I don't want anyone to get the yeah. impression I don't. It's think just it funny. It's just it's just know. funny it's, to me. It's, it's just easy the, funny joke. To it's make. such an easy joke to make. But I I know because yeah. I have seen I, there are some UCF fans who like have taken a very like anti NIL stance for some reason and that's very dumb. You're very wrong. NIL is awesome and I don't understand how we can be under the impression that it's a multi billion dollar industry and players not only shouldn't be compensated, which that's a different debate, but shouldn't even be allowed to make money in any way, shape or form does not make sense, but whatever. Congrats to Dylan and the sock. But if for whatever reason, Dylan Gabriel had decided that he wants to stay at UCF, he feels the sock business would do better in Orlando. Um, all right. I'm going to do another tangent, which it might, I don't know if this is like common knowledge, but like UCLA doesn't have a fan base. That's what I found so interesting about that move. Like they're like, the athletic ones talked about, it, like they weren't even sure if it was worth covering, covering UCLA because of how they have that they sock have. store there you go they i have like I, that world it's like world of it's like the largest sock store in like the do country. they actually is that a real thing i thought i sent that to you i thought it was I a joke i didn't realize it was a real no, i think i think that was a real place i don't know for sure well though. there you have it but anyway if dylan stayed at ucf i think ucf could have more or less gotten anybody they want in the transfer portal i think they could have loaded up on o-linemen they could have loaded up on skill talent they could have put a team together that could have won the aac next year especially since cincinnati is likely going to be down since they're losing most of their key guys um, so that sucks. That that's just kind of the transfer portal era in a nutshell is you can't look at things as three, four year windows anymore. I mean, it's like teams can be built and dismantled overnight now. And yeah. that's the cost of losing a really good quarterback is if Dylan Gabriel had stayed, you could have built a really good team around him for next year. Instead, you're back to pretty much back to square one. So I'm sure UCF will land some transfers. We talked about a previous podcast. I feel like there's going to be a couple transfer waves here. I think there will be another one after spring ball when players kind of figure out where they settle and it's not ideal to wait that long, but I think, you know, that's where I wanted this conversation to go next is because I think like, I think at this point they're probably better off seeing how things unfold in spring ball, not only internally, like not only externally, but also internally. Cause like yeah. maybe they'll get a better idea of what they have and what they actually need. And maybe, maybe they get to spring ball and Tommy's just ready. I mean, maybe he just yeah. balls out and they're like, you know what? We can forego a year of transfers and have next year not be quite as good, but have a full year of Tommy advertising himself and then load up on transfers next year. I mean, that's a thing they could do. Yeah. It, it's, it's certainly, it certainly could probably, I mean, it's pro- at this point with the quarterbacks, like the top quarterbacks off the market or the best fits, I guess I should say off the market. It's probably better to just see how things go um, in the spring and then, yeah, you have that that another another wave that I think, like you said, is going to come after the spring. It's probably probably best at this point to see how that unfolds. Or flip side, Emory Jones comes to UCF in two weeks. Yeah, and you know what? I we made a lot of fun of Emory Jones came to UCF. I think that would help them get some other transfers. I think it would, and I think, like you said earlier, like to further your lifeline. I think in, in a Gus Malzahn offense, I think he could truly be like pretty dynamic and really like run things well. I mean, you have to be able to throw the ball to be dynamic. I'm not convinced he can, but um, I, I think, I think I mean, he could I be, think I think he could be a really good bridge until UCF loses to a team. They shouldn't. And Tommy takes over. That's fair. But um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as convinced. Like he just cannot throw. I think, I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen him enough and that's why I'm throws I'm, a lot I'm, of interceptions. I'm the, giving him more of a benefit. He has Holton Ehlers energy where he just sort of like sometimes decides that a throw is there and the there is like triple coverage. And he's just like, let's well, go. It's just, 
and it's, a, it's not maybe to a lesser extent, but we talked a little bit last week about Bo Nix and you're like, if he even ever lives up to like a little bit of the hype that he had coming out of high school, like then it could be things. I feel like there's a, a some of that with Emory Jones because for so long, Florida fans were like clamoring for Emory Jones. Like, Oh, like we can't wait for Emory Jones. There's like, there's had to be something to that. Now that he played, they're like, Oh, this is what we got. Yeah. But the difference but, is Bo Nix was super up and down and had these moments where he looked like an elite all time quarterback, not all time, but like all country quarterback. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you don't see that from Emory Jones. That's why I say there's it's that way to a lesser extent because there, I just think there might still be something in there from, you know, the guy that they thought they were getting. I don't know. When he but, does enter the portal, if UCF's interested, I have to think he'll give UCF a look because you know it's not a huge it's not a huge trip for him. It's an offense that like will fit his skill set very freaking well. It's, and that's not something a lot of people can offer him. And because of the things we just said, where he doesn't necessarily have the upside of Bonix, I don't think there's going to be a massive level of power five interest like there was for Bonix. Yeah, I can't imagine there wasn't. I think I've seen him, I think I've seen UCF named in like certain um, like articles talking about where he would fit or like where he could like potentially land. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up here. Um, it's going to be, cur- I'm going to be really curious to see how UCF fans react to that. Cause there's two ways to look at it. Like if it, it, it would be kind of funny, like, I don't know, which would be more funny if UCF wins that game and then he comes here or if he beats UCF and then transfers here, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know yeah. which one of those is stranger. It's, it's weird to look at. He's so coming out of high school, he had offers like everywhere. He was a very high, wasn't he a five-star? Did I make that up? He was a, well on two, uh, two, four, seven has him as a four-star. Okay. He's a four-star. Yeah, he's a four-star. He's a composite four-star, too. But he had he chose Florida over Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, Auburn, Clemson, Georgia. Like Yeah, he had all the big offers. I mean, all the big a... offers. Like, all the big offers, all the big teams were coming after him. So, I just – maybe there's something still in there, and maybe he would – I don't know. At some point, you just got to be like – At some point, you just got to be like, hey, not everyone pans out. Like, when you're X yeah. years out from your recruiting rankings, it's just like some guys just don't pan out, you know? Yeah. And I don't think he's bad. Like, I, you know, but I, I like – if I could pick saying, right that's now, why I think could you get him? I'd say sure, like try yeah. it out, give it a whirl. But it might just turn out that it's just it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't, fine. UCF has two really dynamic young quarterbacks who I think could be a lot of fun going forward. You switch to one of them. But UCF for transfer purposes needs to get a freaking quarterback in the door. And well, if I that's Henry Jones, way. great. I wanted I wanted to see Bo Nix at UCF, but I think I'd be happier with Emory Jones coming to UCF than I would have been with Michael Penix coming to UCF. Well, I, I, we've talked. I didn't want Michael Penix to come to yeah, UCF. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, of, the, of all the options, a like, lot I, of people. I, I'm saying, like, of all the options, like, if it wasn't going to be Bo Nix, like, I can talk myself into saying, like, yeah, like, why not Emory Jones? Like, I can and, talk like myself said, into any quarterback that's left at this point. I mean, just get fair. someone, you know. But like, yeah, like really you said, can. like they need they need a quarterback to get some transfers. And worst case, they get a quarterback, and if he's not going to be the guy, even after even if he starts the year like Brandon Wimbush did, if he's not the guy after a game or two. You've got Mikey, you've got Tommy. So, and UCF has the schedule next year to have room to screw up. I mean, nine of the 12 games are in the state of Florida. Yeah. So you get, you get every single team that beat you this year, you're getting at home next year. So, UCF has a really favorable schedule. So, it's not like if Emory Jones doesn't work out, there can technically be time for them to figure that out and still have a really good season. And if he does work out, then there's a super fair schedule for him to have a big year. So, you know, yeah. I, I like how we've just talked ourselves into now. It's a certainty that Emory Jones is coming to UCF, but uh, I'm just fascinated to see how it turns out. Cause I think, well, no, I guess, cause we had the warning that they probably weren't going to get Bo Nix, but like we spent so much time on Bo Nix last week. We're spending a lot of time on Emory Jones this week. And then I feel like he's just going to go. All right, let me put it this way. I am not giving the warning I gave for Bo Nix on Emory Jones. Okay. So <laughs> that's fair. There, there you go. Take that for what it's worth. But anyway, All right. um, yeah, that well, pretty much covers it. UCF needs to get some transfers in the door. Yeah. Getting yeah. a quarterback would definitely help with that. You would like to. Um, all right, well, we've, we've covered a lot already, but we've got a little bit more in the football news. Um, the first big thing we want to talk a little bit about, G.J. Kinney is leaving UCF to become the head coach at Incarnate Word, which was the big news of Monday. Um, he will coach. He will be coaching in the bowl game, correct? Yes, he will be. Okay. So he will be coaching in the bowl game, which – is is a good thing obviously for the continuity and all that but it's um it's t- it's a tough loss because obviously he's only here for the year with the, for the one year but he was like critical in and recruiting Tommy Castel- Castellanos so oh, I must say Castellanos Castellanos um I mean Gus he's he Tommy had said Gus and GJ were like the two biggest reasons he chose UCF 
not saying like this is going to change anything in terms of Castellanos's future, but it's just this this guy very clearly had a way of building uh, relationships with recruits, and it's there's no doubt that it's a loss. So I want to talk about this because there was a if you're listening to this podcast and you're on Twitter, you probably know there was a bit of a Ryan Bass versus the Dungeon dispute over this because so GJ Kenny it leaks out or doesn't leak out, I think it just got reported that he's going to go to Incarnate Word. And Ryan Bass tweet, I forget the exact tweet, it was something along the lines of like, oh, I'd heard before that GJ and Gus had gotten into a lot of debates about, you know, play calling and offense, whatever. So I texted you because that came out and I was like, I've never heard that, like even remotely. And then sure enough, he uh, I, he later sort of retracted and was like, someone called me from UCF and said that's not the case. So either way, I just want to clarify a couple things on that. First off, the dungeon, like Ryan Bass posted the dungeon was like brutal to him, like said horrible stuff. Ryan Bass is like a, very good at this. He was like the first, you know, you talk, we talk about the long line of like Knights 247 guys from like him to Jason Beattie to Juan Terribio. Those guys were like all more or less legends while they were here. So the hate's kind of ridiculous. But I feel like there are some misunderstandings I want to say about GJ Kinney and UCF. And the first is, Let's be like totally clear here. If this wasn't clear already, Gus Malzahn is the offensive coordinator at UCF. Yeah. Um, GJ Kenny, that's a title more than anything else. And I mean, Gus is the play call. And, and that's honestly why it's just like, why I'm not surprised GJ Kenny left because that's not an easy, you're not an, like, you're not an, you're not a coordinator like Travis Williams is a coordinator. Right. So, and the other thing is fans are kind of freaking out. And I felt like the Ryan Bass thing, people latched onto that because it was like, proof that something was wrong and that's why gj kenny was leaving this is a really good staff and the downside to having a good staff is you're going to lose guys this is going to happen i you know and it's like i just I, people don't need to freak out over that there's nothing wrong this is a good thing this, i mean this is honestly a good thing like yeah it's like oh it sucks you lose them but now that's an open job where people say someone turned that job into a head coaching position you know yeah. so it, it, it's just part of having a staff I, I, part of it is i it feels like I don't know. Ever since Gus came in, it feels like fans are paying more attention to certain stuff. Than like, I don't remember fans really caring who was on staff when Hypel or Frost were here. And now it's like know. everyone knows every member of the staff, like down to the special team slash tight ends coach. And, you know, so I feel like people are maybe freaking out by that, but this is nothing to worry about even a little bit. Like this, nothing um, is wrong. You know, I just want to say that. Castellanos just tweeted. Uh-oh. Maybe something is the, wrong. Let's see. The like shocked face emoji with like the wide eyes and like the red cheeks and it was just that oh i just um, saw that man take take back everything i said panic everybody <laughs> thomas castellanos is transferring to incarnate word um yeah i don't know i don't know i was Recru also recruit street emojis he, he before, signed his nli i'm not worried yeah, <laughs> you know? before i got that um that tweet notification i was laughing because i got a text from um my best friend and former roommate of ours Matt, Matt. you want to hear what he said about Emory did, Jones? did you start to call him Matthew and then correct to Matt yeah because okay. I only call him Matt all right you hear what he said about him? Emory Jones let's hear it. he says we are going to beat Florida 31 to 27 but Emory Jones is going to abuse us and then we'll land him in the transfer portal and he'll be our starting quarterback in 2022 you heard it here first all right we have our predictions and they have Matt's prediction as well yeah, so there, you, there go. you go maybe who knows what a time <laughs> yeah <laughs> That would be very odd, but portal is wild for sure. It's college football. It's college football. So would not surprise me a little bit. All right. The rest of the football news. Do you have anything else on Kenny? Nope. Okay. Rest of the football news. We'll jump into it really quickly before we get into tweet of the week. Uh, former Knights, Jordan Johnson and Anthony Robertson were featured on the today show for their holiday toy drive efforts, which if you haven't seen the video by now, it's, it's definitely worth the watch. It was really great to see those guys get some, some national love for really awesome things that they're doing. Um, going to ta uh, tag you back in here UCS combo for the Gasparilla Bowl they're uh wearing black white black thoughts yeah it's good I'm really excited about it uh I mean I like we it. we haven't seen that since the last time they played in the stadium so it's it's a good combo to end the year on I'm, I miss the black helmets so much man yeah I, I really really did and I don't just think I realized graphic, how much I did just yeah seeing the graphic it's like ooh. I'm glad that they didn't do anything crazy flashy for this game yeah. i mean you're playing florida this is a very i mean as far as road looks go behind gold white black which obviously isn't an option right now this is like the most on-brand road look ucf probably has so i think yeah. it's a good one for this so yeah i'm excited do you, for it. do we know what florida's wearing I mean, i'm assuming i haven't seen it yet i mean orange, they wear like blue, one, they wear one of three things so orange yeah, blue sure. white or orange blue blue maybe i don't think they'll go orange blue blue i'm almost certainly orange blue white but we'll see i think it's just their their default Pretty much. They're not going to like um, make, they're not going to try to pitch this as a meaningful game in any way. Like they're not going right. to wear something. They're not going to wear their like gator skin jerseys from a few years ago. Oh man. I forgot about those. 
Oh we should have had goodness. those versus space uniforms. That would have been so fun. Those are objectively, like jokes aside, the worst alternate uniform of the last 10 years. And there have been some They aren't great. They aren't and, that, great. and that's not like, a, oh, I don't like Florida thing. Those are horrible. Like no, those were horrible. Objectively. Also, bad. hey, here's the thing I got to tell you while we're on the topic. Gators aren't green. Like actual alligators are not green. I don't understand why everyone thinks alligators are green. I've never understood that. They're not. They're, I mean, they are not even sort of green. It's so weird to me. Anyways, <laughs> whale sharks. They're not. <laughs> they're not green. Um, that's not going to mean anything to anyone. Me just shouting whale sharks in the middle of our podcast. Oh, we had a conversation. We're going to go. We're going to go to the. Uh, well, I'm in Tampa for a couple of days this week. Obviously, for the bowl game, we're going to the aquarium, and I saw a photo that implied they have whale sharks, and I love whale sharks, and I haven't seen one since the Peach Bowl. So I'm hoping I can. Uh... You told me it appears they may have whale sharks. And I said, I don't know. Like, I could not tell from the text, like, if you were excited about that or if you were like concerned. Yeah, I just straight up texted you. I said, it appears they have whale sharks. You were like, I don't know what to make of that text. Yeah, I'm like, no, it's like, like a good thing. I really want to okay. see a whale shark. Yeah. Man, we've gone on a lot of tangents this podcast. We are. I know. I love it. Man. Okay. That's what that's what people love. Our, apparently, that's what people love our podcast for. I know we got a tweet earlier this week that the best thing, that the best segment on our podcast ever was us talking about Shreveport which made me go on to question if our podcast is actually terrible. Man, I, I, I didn't even see your tweet until way later where you quote tweeted and were like, what did you say? You were just said, like, does, oh, our, no, podcast does our podcast suck? actually suck? Yeah, man. You're listen, you can hit on splash kingdom all you want. I mean, I'd rather go to the, the aquarium and be in my own town actually. All right. Um, so that's cool. That's fair. UCF in the NFL news. Um, really just shout out Gabriel Davis caught two touchdowns in the bills win over the Panthers. He has four touchdowns in his last three games now. Um, a little more hula bowl news. Cole Schneider and Big Cat Bryant have both accepted invites, so they'll be playing uh, in the bounce house on January 15th, one final time, as will Mackenzie Milton. I completely missed that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't see <laughs> yeah. that at all. Yeah, and finally, Alex Ward was named a third-team All-American by Phil Steele uh, on Monday. So the, uh, a, a big honor for him and one that he really deserves. And with that, Christian, we'll throw it straight to your Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. It was a huge success wanna... last week. I had like four of them. Do you want to um, recap what this segment means or what it is? Tweet like, of the week in, is where tweet of the week implies that it's like a good tweet. Like the it best is tweet of the so week. tweet of the week. It's a good tweet. So we had a great one this week. Uh, this, this is a tweet that I either interacted with or was tweeted at me that I found to be the best tweet of the week. And the winner this week is Chris Torello of wherever <laughs> so we're he, going here. Are we <laughs> wherever he works? I forget. It's some station in Tampa. Um, Chris <sighs> Torello. If you're on, if you're on UCF Twitter, you probably know him. He's a, uh, uh local news guy, I guess, in Tampa, who uh, really believes in USF. And uh, anyway, so Dylan Gabriel, I guess we should have flat out said at some point in the podcast, transferred to UCLA. And oh, uh, yeah. I was just sort of, I'm sure anyone listening. No, I was going to put that, I had it in the football news originally, but then I was like, oh, we're talking about transfers. And I meant to say, oh yeah, he's going to UCLA, but oh, we kind of did. So Dylan Gabriel transfers to UCLA and Chris Torello has this to say. As Jeff Scott said yesterday, there is power in positivity. Recruits and their families take notes. This is a mere taste of the reaction by UCF fans when Dylan Gabriel announced he was heading to hashtag UCLA. And the mere taste is he found the three negative tweets from UCF fans. And before I say anything, I want to make sure. So I went to the post and it was literally the three negative tweets, including Night Griller, who I'm pretty sure is like a troll account and not an actual UCF fan. And in between those three tweets was just like, pages and pages of like best of luck Dylan like looking from all these UCF fans I was actually surprised I think UCF fans were really worse about that but yeah, tons of so congrats too. tweets good luck and I'm I, I but you know so when Chris Torello said a mere taste he meant literally the only negative tweets I can find I was actually pretty mad when I saw that because you know it's like you're a journalist and that's not journalism I mean that that's I it's just so remarkably unprofessional and it's frustrating because I mean I've talked about it. I I'm you know, a former journalist I come from a family of journalists a lot of people don't like journalists and it's because of crap like this, you know, it's like, yeah. be, be better than that, you know? And to his credit, he then deleted it and posted an apology and said he was in the wrong. So we'll give him credit, but tweet of the week oh, is not the apology. That. Tweet of the week is not the apology. Tweet of the week is the original tweet where we got our mere taste of UCF fan reactions and recruits and their families take note, take note of not ever listening to what Chris Trello says on Twitter. So he really did. He went, he went through and cherry picked, like, just, <laughs> I could believe you sent it to me while I think it was, in the middle of like my virtual holiday party for work. And uh, I read that and I was like, I, I don't want to get involved in this right now on Twitter. And I just decided not to, because 
it was not worth my time. But yeah, I this don't... is also the guy who who like a few weeks ago tweeted like USF fans who are upset with Scott clearly haven't been keeping up with how he's recruiting while USF had like the hundred twentieth class in the nation. It's also the guy that like I'm in. I've seen just year in and year out. He's usually like, oh, like I'm neutral between USF and UCF, and like just depending on the day, we'll pick what side of the fence he wants to like tweet about, and it's the weirdest thing. I recognize that when you cover a team, even if you try really hard not to, you can fall into the traps of having some bias towards that team, you know, because you're, you know more about them than anyone. So you live a little more in that world, but like the stuff he tweets, man, it's nuts. Like, it's, it's just, like, are you, are you actually a journalist? Or are you just like basically advocating for, or Jeff are you Scott? a hype man? Are you a yeah. hype man? You know, it's just, it, it's just, you can't defy it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta a Twitter troll, a Twitter troll for like, that's basically like a mouthpiece for that fan base. Yeah. So congrats to Chris Drell on tweet of the week. Proud of you. Congrats. Um, Proud congratulations. You. Just amazing. Amazing stuff. I just. Yeah. This is so. more fun than Uniform of the Week. I like this because I get to get some rage out of the end of each podcast. As so. if you don't get, as you don't get out any rage, like any other points <laughs> of the podcast. You just, it's like, we, we finally have, finally have an outlet for you to let out your rage. Man. We're, uh, we're doing a, uh, I hope I'm not wrong. Because we're, are we doing a post-game podcast? We are. All right. We're doing a post-game podcast. It's going to be very, very late can't wait it's gonna be exciting college football games are college football games are four hours just regardless of what happens so then we're gonna have to do post game yeah so by the time we're recording it's gonna be probably right around the same ballpark of when we started uh hit record on our louisville podcast so if you're gonna be up at 2 a.m after the game you're gonna have some content or just the next morning when you're driving back from tampa so your your call when you want to listen yeah but please listen we would love that i'm in love that okay all right well (laughs) We'll still be here for episode 52. We'll be back again. Uh, yeah. In the, in the early morning hours of Christmas Eve, actually. So that'll be interesting. Um, until then though, everyone traveling for uh, the Gasparilla Bowl coming to Tampa, drive safely, get here safely, be responsible, have a great time. Don't get in any trouble. Um, but we'll, we will talk to you on episode 52. Oh, our Twitter handles. You can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you later this week. Bye everybody.